The scripture reading today is from St. John, chapter 19, verses 19 to 22, and then we pick up at 28 to 30. You can follow this along in the Pew Bible, which is on page 108, or on the screens. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, in order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Indeed, we do need you, Lord. That's why we come here. That's why we listen. That's why we sing our songs, pray our prayers. That's why we share with one another in the fellowship of the church, because we need you. We need your spirit that, that inhabits our own souls. We need that living water that alone can refresh and quench our thirst. So in these few moments, Lord, as we contemplate the meaning of our morning's text, we pray, Lord, that you would speak to us, fill us with your wisdom. Help us to hear your voice. And then, O Lord, help us to respond as you would want your children to do. Speak to us, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen. On January 7th, three years ago, 12 people were killed at the offices of the French newspaper Charlie Hebdo. And in response to that, you may recall, tens of thousands of people marched across France and, for that matter, around the world, proclaiming, Je suis Charlie, in support of free speech. They were standing against those who would quiet the voices of those who might be satirical or in, in any way um, complaining against or criticizing the voices of others. You may recall on June 26, 1963, President John F. Kennedy stood near the Berlin Wall 
where people were no longer uh, free to escape from, from East Berlin, from East Germany for that matter. Communism had uh, taken over their, their land and there was just this small little bastion of hope in West Berlin that allowed for a U.S. president to stand and speak. And there he stood among the, the Berliners and he said, Ich bin ein Berliner. I am a Berliner. He stood in solidarity to those who stood for freedom. And then closer to home on April 16, 2007, 32 students and faculty members were gunned down on the campus of Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, Virginia. That evening, a University of Richmond artist by the name of Ben Lansing posted a cartoon on Tech's MySpace page. That cartoon showed all the rival school mascots of the schools in Virginia consoling a deeply saddened Virginia Tech Hokie. And underneath this drawing was the caption, Today, we are all Hokies. Do you see the pattern? Well, I'd like to suggest that when Jesus said, I am thirsty on the cross, he spoke for more than himself. He spoke for all of us who, who thirst for something better, for a more just and loving world, for a life that draws out the best of us, not the worst. It's no accident that Pilate had an inscription put on that cross above Jesus' head, and he had it written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. Because you see, unbeknownst to Pilate, he was speaking a truth that Jesus was not simply the king of the Jews, but he was all of our king. The inscription read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. And the Jewish priests, they objected. They didn't want that put up there because they didn't see him as as their king. But as I've indicated, he was more than just their king. He was our king as well. Now, you may recall from the scripture that was read for us this morning that John tells us that when Jesus spoke those words, the fourth word from the cross, that the soldiers, they... They put sour wine in a, in a bowl and, and they dipped a sponge in it and they put that sponge on a, on a branch of hyssop and they held it to Jesus' mouth. Now the King James Version and the, and the Revised Standard Version translates that sour wine as vinegar. And maybe you grew up with that understanding that it was vinegar that was put to Jesus' lips. The New English Version calls it cheap wine. It doesn't matter what you call it, but what, what it really represents and what the word meant in Greek is that 
that liquid that soldiers drank, their wine. It was, their, it was the common man's wine. It was the wine of the soldier that had to be out in the hot sun crucifying people. Only John says the wine is put on a hyssop branch just as he is the only gospel who records those words of Jesus, I'm thirsty. Just as he is the only one who mentions that inscription being printed in the three languages of Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. John is clearly trying to send us a message across the ages, that that cheap wine, that that vinegar, if you will, that's what Jesus talked about only a night before as he described it as his blood that he was offering to the world. You see, John is trying to tell us that the sacrifice of Jesus was for the whole world, for all of us. Now that hyssop branch is meaningful. Uh, Phil and I were just talking about this a little bit earlier. All the paintings that you see of the soldier, you know, reaching up to Jesus with that sponge, you almost always see them doing that with a spear. There's no hyssop branch in, in the paintings. And, and we even talked about how John talks about the wine being put on a sponge and that's put on the hyssop branch, which, which is kind of strange because the hyssop branch doesn't need a sponge. It has, you see, it was a shrub about one to two feet high with slender branches, but it had sort of woolly-haired leaves on those branches. It had the aroma of mint and It was a perfect sprinkler. You don't need a sponge. You just dip the hyssop branch in whatever liquid you want and and then you shake it. And the point is that John is making a point. It's only John who talks about the hyssop branch. It's only John who tells us that it's that, that cheap wine, that blood of Jesus that's put on the hyssop branch and raised heavenward. As I said, the hyssop branch is mentioned in the Bible 12 times. In 1 Kings, the fourth chapter, verse 33, it's 33, it's compared with the large cedars of Lebanon. But everywhere else, in the other 11 occasions in the Bible, hyssop is spoken of in the context of of uh, cultic or sacrificial practices. The hyssop branch is used in Leviticus to cleanse leprosy. In the book of Numbers, it's used in the sacrifice of a red heifer. In Psalms 51, it's used as a cleansing agent for prayer. And in the New Testament in Hebrews, The writer of Hebrews hearkens back to Moses sprinkling the people after reading the Old Covenant on Mount Sinai. But perhaps the most important reference to hyssop in the Bible comes in Exodus, the 12th chapter. 
Then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go, select lambs for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and touch the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood in the basin. None of you shall go outside the door of your house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike down the Egyptians. When he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over that door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you down. And to this very day, that, that experience of the blood of the lamb being painted across the doorpost of the Egyptian homes is reenacted, is remembered in the Passover Seder. You see, hyssop was used to save the people of Israel as they painted the blood of the, of the Passover lamb across their doorposts. Now John is giving it a new meaning for us today. John is telling us that the soldiers unwittingly has dipped this, the blood that represents the blood of Christ. They've, they've dipped that cheap wine into, in, in, uh, they've dipped the sponge into the cheap wine. They put it on a hyssop branch and they've raised it up to the lips of Jesus. And by raising it to his lips, they were now saying that the blood of Jesus is being painted across the doorposts of the world. The blood of the Lamb of God is used to save the world to quench the thirst of the world. You see, there's a lot of thirst in the world. Jesus speaks for us when he says, I'm thirsty. He's speaking about our own thirst. Many of us today are, are thirsty for security. We, we see in the newspapers and on the news accounts of about all the, the dangers of the world, and, and we, want to, we want to shore up our lives, we want to build walls, and we want, to, we want to insulate ourselves from the dangers of the world. That's why we'll often turn on whole groups of people when, when we feel threatened by them, because we're thirsty, you see, for security. And like the Jewish leaders, we'll even kill an innocent man to protect ourselves from any kind of threat. That's why we are often silent in the face of injustices that are meted out against others as long as we are safe. That's why guns are so prevalent in our society because we're so fearful and we're, we're, we're dying of thirst for security and safety. We also thirst for leadership. We want someone to fix our problems. We will put them on pedestals if necessary, only to knock them down if, if they don't make things better for us. That's what people wanted to do with the Messiah 2,000 years ago. They, they wanted a Messiah that would solve all their problems and, and indeed protect them from the dangers they encountered. But it didn't take long between Palm Sunday and Good Friday for people to turn to knock Jesus off that pedestal. That's why people cried out, crucify him, crucify him. It was only days after they had spread out the palm branches, crying out, Hosanna, 
Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Don't you wish we were more thirsty for for justice for all people where everyone is treated fairly? Don't you wish we were more thirsty for equality for people of all nations, races, and genders? Don't you wish we were thirsty for God's kingdom where people are loved and shown mercy and forgiveness, where hatred and prejudice and bigotry are banished? My question to you this morning is, what are you thirsty for? Are you thirsty to give or receive forgiveness? Have you hurt or been hurt by someone? Is guilt ruling your life? Is bitterness threatening to consume you? Do you wake up angry in the morning and live out your day going to bed angry? Or maybe you're thirsty simply for love and companionship. Many people, especially many young people, destroy their lives by looking for love in all the wrong places, joining gangs or getting involved in destructive relationships. And as we get older, joining hate-filled causes because we simply want to be among those whom we think are worthy of our love and are willing to love us. Do you feel unloved or rejected or isolated or alone? Is that what you're thirsty for? And maybe, maybe, and especially as you get older in life, maybe you get really thirsty for simply meaning and purpose, direction. Do you feel like you're just kind of wandering through life with nowhere to go? There's a book called Hope for the Flowers that concerns a couple little caterpillars who kind of search in their lives for something more. One of them quickly becomes a, a butterfly. The other isn't so sure and, and notices other caterpillars climbing one on the other, trying to reach some unknown goal. He joins the caterpillar pillar and scrapes his way to the top, pushing away other caterpillars along the way, only to break through the clouds and to find that the the whole horizon is full of other caterpillar pillars that are going nowhere. It's only then that he sees the butterfly and is willing to realize that there is a greater purpose in life than simply climbing the pillars of success. The hardest thing for most of us to do is perhaps the most important thing, and that is to admit that we're thirsty. To simply say, as Jesus said from the cross, I am thirsty. I'm empty inside. I I need something to fill that void. I think that's why Jesus said it from the cross. He was speaking for all of us. Hyssop, you see. Hyssop saturated in the blood of God's love for all of us. Hyssop is for the thirsty. The blood of the Lamb has been poured out for all of us. It's been spread across the doorposts of the world to fill us where we thirst the most. Let us pray. 
Lord, come to us where we hunger and thirst for righteousness and fill the void. Amen.